The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Source of Truth Podcast and our daily live stream devotional. Uh, we're glad you're with us as we have been taking a section-by-section study through the book of Proverbs. And our goal in this time is we've talked about encouragement, much of that through Psalms, which I tell you was truly that. I needed encouragement in these times. But uh, as we're leaning through Proverbs, we're finding encouragement, but we're also finding wisdom and guidance as we, as we navigate um, just unprecedented days. And so one of the goals as we go through this is to discover God's instruction that he gave us through, the, um, through his, 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 his king, Solomon, as Solomon's giving instruction to his son. And we understand the Bible is all inspired every word. And so this isn't just a good moral book that we look at as Solomon is describing or teaching his son. This is the word of God that has been given to us so that we have wisdom for today. And so as we look at this, I look forward to a great time of study. We're glad you're with us. Glad you took time to join us today. And we hope today will be a help. Today is very much instructional as what section we look at in the, in the aspect of a very unique scenario. In churches, it, when it comes down to who you're going to allow, we talk about this often on who you're going to allow to influence you, who you're going to listen to. Solomon, or Solomon through Proverbs, uh, God uses Proverbs to break down and really help us to see the heart of different people. Now, obviously, it doesn't define the name of the person, things of that nature, but it definitely gives us an understanding how we can recognize because what we're going to read here in a little bit in Proverbs 6 is something that was very true in Solomon's day, but is also very true in 2020. Uh, men, he tells us later that there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, what they dealt with today, obviously the temptations approach themselves a little differently as we have technology and things of that day, nature. Uh, he had a king, we have president. There's, there's all kinds of, you know, some of the cultural changes, but to the heart, to the heart condition of man, it just, it's all the same. So how do we know? How do we know who is a great influence? For instance, um, when we're listening to maybe you're not, you don't go to a church and you have to decide what church to go to. How do you know a great leader? Um, when we decide leaders in our church, how do we know? What do we look for? Uh, sometimes we can see these things right off. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes uh, we wish we'd catch them quicker. Um, when you're trying to talk to people, think about, okay, it's hard now. Who are we going to vote to be president? I'll tell you what, that one unfortunately, there seems to be more negatives than positives when it just comes to election. But remember, we are voting for sinners, either side. Neither one of them are ever going to be just like us, or either one of them are going to be perfect, although we're not. You understand my point. We, voting is important. I believe you should do it. Uh, you're never going to find someone identical to everything you agree with. Vote one, whoever's closest to Scripture is my point of view who you should vote for. So we're going to take a few minutes. I'm going to entitle this today, of the ideas of a genuine disguise, because what we're going to look at today is somebody that, generally speaking, when you first meet them, probably you'd never assume that this person ends up being uh, the bad. I remember the Bible talks in Proverbs, there's the fool, there's a simple and a scorner. The, uh, the simple, actually, is the first one. Simple is one who has very little discernment, they're just kind of following whoever's around, and they're easily swayed um, by often the scorner. Then there's also the wise, and there's a fool. They have more information, but they refuse to follow. They have 
access to them. Maybe they've had years of salvation. They've been in church, but they refuse to let the Bible be their director. They refuse to listen to scripture. They're not against it, but they're not really following. Then there's a scorner. He's completely against anything God, and he's out to mock it. Of course, there's the wise man. The wise man is the one who is seeking scripture. I would assume you here today watching or listening, the wise one, listening to this. This is what uh, he's talking about, someone who's looking and trying to absorb and learn wisdom and learn the knowledge and how to apply to everyday life. Uh, but today we're going to look at a very unique scenario because you really have a deceiver found. And let me encourage you that sometimes as we look in a moment and, and Solomon breaks down this personality, it's easy for us to automatically assume that the person we're about to read about, uh, the moment you meet them, they're angry. They're, you know, they, they, just, they look angry in their face and they're frustrated, they're angry, and they're just upset. And it's really easy for us to assume that these people are very obvious on the outside. Can I encourage you as we'll read in a second, that is not usually true in this scenario. Uh, what we're going to do in the description of this person is a deceiver uh, and they work very hard to never be seen as what's described here and so you have to use discernment and understanding now remember in Psalms David said blessed or happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful it is very important who you follow who you allow and we want to love everyone and be kind to everyone but there's certain levels of friendships and associations we have and we have to be very careful who we allow to have in those levels of association so uh, listen as we read through Proverbs chapter 6, go to verse number 12. Proverbs 6 verse 12 says, a naughty person, now the word naughty and a wicked man, the word naughty is kind of silly to us today, but it would be a wicked person. So a wicked man walketh with a forward mouth. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teaches with his fingers. Forwardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. So let's take the first few verses and break down. Remember, we're not looking at somebody that's obvious. Let me explain what I mean by that. He's describing a wicked person that uh, he, he talks about a forward mouth, a perverse mouth. His mouth is going to be used for anything negative. He's going to hurt people. He's going to use it to, uh, to just bring grief. But in verse 13, there's an interesting description. He winketh with his eyes, speaketh with his feet, teaches with his fingers. Um, one of the, basically, the premise you get from this is he finds himself to be cute. He or she, they find themselves to be um, cute in their approach. Uh, they're, they're very understanding of what they're doing. Uh, they're not angry. It's not like they're been offended by someone. They're reacting to it. This is the heart of the person. And uh, so they wink. They're, they're, when you see them, they're going to seem friendly. They're going to seem kind because that's the deception they bring out. I'm not saying they're not kind, but their heart, their heart is negative. There is just a constant frustration against... Um, against just anything they're just their heart is angry at something and it seemed but uh, the, they're, they're not always seen that way he winks with his eyes he, he he's deceiving he or she are deceiving so this person when you see them at first you think man they seem great here's what you do the, the more you get to know them the more you begin to see something's not right and that's the holy spirit helping you to understand that something's not right 
Uh, one of the things that they, the scripture clearly states that is a clear identification. You look at them from the front, it looks fine, but what are they saying? He says, the words, they're, they're, so how is it? Um, they walk with a forward mouth, perverse mouth. Their words speak lies to an extent. Um, in James, it says, uh, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, this man's religion is vain. Uh, the tongue tells us so much about the heart of the person. And I'm not saying that you, you, you're never going to have anybody perfect. We're going to have good days, bad days. Our frustration is going to drive us to say and do things that we wish we hadn't. And hopefully in those scenarios, we take responsibility, apologize, and get that right. There's a difference between somebody who says things and makes mistakes and gets it right. Well, there's just something different about a person who, in their own mistakes, is getting right with God, getting right with people, and taking responsibility. And this person, who is fully aware of what they're doing and has no intention of taking responsibility or ever getting it right because they don't care. Uh, and you see it through their language. Listen to what they say. Uh, 14, forwardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. Uh, Basically, he has absolute no respect for authority, no respect for anything. Uh, he's completely discontent. He, he's always looking for ways to cause grief, and he has no respect for authority whatsoever. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Somebody who just has a constant disrespect for authority in general. Here, here's why I struggle with that. Who is the ultimate picture of authority? Well, that's God. If I have a problem with authority, ultimately I have a problem with God. And let me tell you why. God, God is the ultimate authority, and then God in Romans 13 and 1 Peter has told me to be in subject to those in authority over me. It also tells me in Hebrews to obey those who have the rule over me, for they watch for their souls. We have been told to put ourselves in subjection to people of authority. So if I struggle with authority, whether it be the police, whether it be my local officials, whether it be my family, whether it be my boss, whoever that is, if I struggle with that, ultimately I have a problem with God's authority because God's authority has told me to be subject to that person. Listen, you may have the worst boss in the world, but God's told you to respect them. If it's that bad, you can find a different job. But you understand my point. As long as you're working there, God has given you instructions on how to do that. This person just struggles with authority, and therefore, it, it, whether, the, whether they'll point it out or not, their ultimate problem is with God. Um, and you've seen it by the to sow discord. How do they sow discord? Well, I don't like this. And discord is almost often done towards the authority. When you're at work, you know this kind of person because they're constantly trying to get you on their side against the authority, the discord. Uh, cons cause grief. By the way, be careful. That can cause your own grief when the boss finds out you're participating in it. Uh, then he goes on, verse um, so. Actually, it's the same for 14 for a second. This person is constantly looking. Like in his heart, he devises mischief. Here's the thing. He's always looking for some way to get away with the rules. He or she is always looking for ways to, to, to do their own thing. Get out of my way and let me do my own thing. It's kind of the premise. They don't want authority in their way at all. Um, this can be an unsafe person. This can also be a safe person. Or, in my mind, someone who claims salvation. Because someone who's truly saved, I, I, how do they struggle so much with the authority of God? But boy, I, and I grew up in church. Uh, there can be people who know all the right things to say, but maybe were never saved. The Bible describes it this way to them. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They know what to say. They know the right thing to say. Here's the point. And remember, Satan will bring people into church to damage the church, and they will sound really religious but this is who they really are. So what happens to them in verse 15? Therefore, therefore his shall his calamity come suddenly. 
Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Let me explain. It doesn't mean this. I used to think this. It used to mean at the moment that person does something, God's going to quickly deal with it. So we don't have to worry about this person because, boy, God's going to, he's going to point it out right away and he's going to deal with it right away. That's actually not what that means. It doesn't mean that God is going to see, bam, hit it. Because God is going to try and work in that heart, long-suffering, try to win the heart of the person. What this means is that they may be this person and cause grief for years, and then all of a sudden, bam, there comes a problem. God is going to finally bring punishment. God is a very long-suffering God. So he's going to give this person a lot of freedom. He's going to give them opportunity. And in this time of this, this struggle of what's known as the naughty person and this deceiver and this one that causes discord, this person is going to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit in their life. They're going to hear the word of God. They're going to be given opportunities to get saved or get right with God. When they choose not to do that, at some point, God's going to say, fine, and he's going to bring sudden, quick pain into their life or whatever. The Bible, and especially if they're Christian, the Bible says he chastens whom he loves. So ultimately, at some point, God is going, and it's going to be quick, and it's going to be obvious what's happening. So and you're going to, you probably look back and say, my goodness, what just happened to that person? And it's, we may feel bad, and rightfully so, but it's going to be God's working. Now let me, let me go through. We could spend a lot of time on 16 to 19, and if I don't finish this, I'll pick it up again tomorrow. But the reason I put these two together is you have this man that's described, and then you go to verse 16 and 19. And the 16 to 19 are all very similar in the area of what we're about to read is all about the heart condition. It's, not, it's seen in actions, but it's more about my heart. These six things is the Lord, hey, yea, seven are an abomination to the Lord. Can I just tell you, if you look at verse 16 and you see yourself in the next few verses, these are things that God hates. And God doesn't use the word hate lightly. We should never use the word hate lightly, but hate, and then he calls abominations very, very strong words on purpose. A proud look. Well, that's a heart condition. A proud look is more than just pride. Lord, I don't want anything to do with you. There's just this stubbornness in the face. It's this, you know, I, I, I'm going to do it my own way. A lying tongue. I don't disagree with that. Hands that shed innocent blood. None of us would look at the verse three verses and three points and disagree. We don't, a proud person's hard to deal with. Uh, someone who lies to you. I, man, what, you can't trust them. Someone who sheds innocent blood. These are really obvious things we struggle with. Let's go down to verse um, 18. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Again, kind of repeating the description of this man. Their heart is not just, it's not a, should we say crime of opportunity? This person's looking for ways to cause grief, and they will devise it. They see how it can happen, and they're going to do what they can to cause as much pain as they possibly can. A heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. This person wants it, and the moment there's a chance, they run quickly to cause grief, to, to be in pain. And, and we can all joke about things we've made mistakes and done and silly things. This is, this is different than someone who had a rough upbringing or made some bad decisions. This is somebody who is constantly looking. This is a heart condition, very different than somebody who's made some mistakes, wants to get right. This is somebody looking, looking, and running with the desire to cause grief. Um, it says in verse 19, this is a false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. He repeats that idea, he that soweth discord. Among the brethren, among Christians. He says there are six things he hates. Seven he would consider abomination. You look at these things. Boy, I, I hope when we look at this heart condition that we would say these are things that God hates. I hope that your heart, and I'm guessing that if you're watching or listening to this, it would be true, that we would state that our heart desires to 
walk with God and to please God. Listen, we're not thinking that we have to be perfect to be accepted by God. He accepts us. But there's part of us that wants to please God and, and, and follow him and do right. So these things should not be part of us. It's a heart condition. So I would say, number one, if you find yourself, you feel like you're around people. So I don't even know why I feel that way. You don't need to. You don't even know why. The Holy Spirit's telling you to be very cautious around those people. But then evaluate your own heart. The Bible tells us, uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? Why does that person, this naughty person, this wicked person, why do they have influence in my life? Because my heart is already having a battle that kind of recognizes this struggle. Again, we go back to that struggle they have with the authority of God. And there's some struggles in my life whether I want to admit it or not. So their, their actions, their heart, somehow I, I, I agree with it. I recognize it. I don't even realize why, but I have a personal struggle in my life and in a battle, a sin I'm not getting right with God or something with God that maybe I'm frustrated or whatever. And so I, I agree with them and I find myself thinking the same. We'd be very careful by look at verse 16 and 19. And Lord, is this me? I'll tell you something. These are things that God hates and therefore when we're involved in them, they will ultimately bring pain. You cannot be right with God in these things. And they will bring pain to you and all of those around you. Be very cautious. We've been told not to judge people. And absolutely right, we should love people, not judge them. What I mean by that is those who sin, we don't judge them. But there's a difference between someone who sins and wants to get right and recognizes their problem and someone described here where their heart condition is a constant desire for wrong. There is no desire for reconciliation. There is no acceptance of the responsibility. There's nothing in here that says, man, this is where I'm at and I want to get better. This is who I am and I'm good with it. I want to do wrong. We don't, well, I'm not judging those people, but I discern enough in Scripture to stay away from those people, as we learn again in Psalm 1, blessed is a man that walketh not. Those people are out there, saved and unsaved, but oh, we be careful that we have a heart so sensitive to God that in discernment, not judgment, but in discernment, we recognize that and we're cautious. We want to love them, but we're cautious in how much influence they're allowed to have in our lives so they don't hurt us and brings pain into our own lives. Uh, today, again, it was very instructional, very different to the norm as, as we're kind of, I want to say heavy, but it's, it, we look at this and it's, it can be overwhelming. We don't ever want to think this of people. Understandably, goodwill people don't want to think this of others. But let us be honest as Satan can use these people to bring a lot of pain and may we just be right with God ourselves to be a good influence. A good influence points people to Jesus and encourages people. And uh, may we not be pulled down by the negative that will bring pain and, and really can just bring ultimately, maybe if we're not careful, lifelong struggles. And may we not allow that to be something that brings pain where Satan can use us to, to hinder the work of Jesus and to bring grief into our own lives. Thank you again for joining us on this Thursday. Uh, we hope you have a great afternoon and we do appreciate again just taking time for a few minutes a day to join us in God's Word. And uh, we hope you join us again tomorrow on Friday as we finish off the week together. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.